here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Roundtable. Uh, I am Arnold Furious, and with me is <clears throat> the Milk in Your Tea, your favourite podcaster's favourite podcaster, the Atheist Canon, the physical embodiment of niceness, the Jeremy Corbyn of podcasting, the most entertainment man in British podcasting, Mr. Brit Resrana, Ollie Podcasting, the 74 Minute Man, the semi main event, he's very bad at Twitter. The king of takes, the product, Ollie Course. Thank you, Arn. <laughs> That's the longest introduction you're ever going to get, like, ever. Thank you. This is what happens when you put us in a hotel room for four days. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. You, you can be massively handsome if you want to be. I, I usually am. <laughs> I guess, speaking of WXW. Well, we're here to talk about um, uh, WXW from London and progress from the day after. But before we start on that, I kind of need to uh, tip my hat to Fight Club Pro for their Day of the Dead show, Mm -hmm. which is on the 27th of October. Uh, This is up on, I think it's up already, on uh, on their uh, on-demand deal. It's not on-demand, is it? It's a Vimeo. Uh, This show was really fucking good. Like, really good. To the point where I walked out of there thinking... Well, the other two companies are, are fucked. There's no way they're going to have a better <laughs> show than this. Uh, they had Mark Haskins and David Starr. That was great. Uh, Mustache Mountain and Aussie Open. That match was even better than the one they had in Lucha Forever. Uh, they had Travis Banks and, and Ray Phoenix, which for me was just phenomenal. I actually went and bought a Phoenix shirt because I felt I owed, <laughs> I owed him wow. some money. <laughs> That's what I felt like after watching that. Uh, Pete Dunne and Amari. That's Amari's best singles match to date for me. He's had some good ones. Yeah, but that was that was the best so far. And Brooks and Penta went on last, and so that was that was great too. So there was a hell of a show on uh, on Friday night in Wolverhampton. So expectations, like I was, I was at a very uh, happy place <laughs> after mm-hmm. after watching that show, and then having to go down to London the next day. And I, I was thinking they probably wouldn't be able to to live up to that, um, but I shouldn't have trusted my instincts on uh, WXW because they just, they're great. They were great when they came over in January and did their last show in, in the Dome 
and they were great again this time. Oh yes, and I guess we'll start talking about the show. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you want to splice in uh, talking about like the atmosphere and you know losing your polygons famously on Twitter, uh, that would be good as well. <laughs> losing my polygons <laughs> in that the picture where you looked like you were like a low res man from uh, oh, Goldeneye or something. Yeah, we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> show first. Show I'll first. Antics yes. afterwards. Yes. So, we started off with Chris Brooks, and he's going to be in 16 Carat, we found out. Yep. And he an- announced his return to WXW with a win over Lucky Kid. To, to give uh, you an idea of how much I'd been drinking like before this show and at the start of this show, <laughs> I had forgotten that Chris Brooks announced he was in 16 Carat until it appeared on the Twitter feed yeah. the next day. That's impressive, because it's the first match. It is the first match, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was a, a very like um, exciting uh, opener, just to... They got everything in, uh... Everyone hated Lucky Kid, booed the shit out of him. It was all very good fun. Um, Chris Brooks hasn't been in WXW for ages, but obviously he was. It was kind of the first promotion he really featured heavily in. Um, you know, he traded the shotgun title back and forth last year. Uh, it's great to see him back again, because we haven't really had many English people or British people in WXW this year. Well, it's like, uh, Jacoby was saying, it's really hard to get them to commit yeah. to a number of shows when they're already on so many shows in the UK and there's so many shows like every weekend in the UK it's difficult to get someone to come out for like the Friday or the Saturday and then have them go back again to, to England the day after um, but Brooks is kind of different because he's been there already mm-hmm. uh, this this match I was expecting very little from and I got a lot it was a very good opener yeah, I mean, yeah it could have been just like a, a little nothing match but yeah <laughs> it really impressed me uh i think we did kind of pinpoint lucky kid in the world tag team league as someone to watch out for and great to see him in singles doing some good stuff at a high level yeah he really lived up to the uh, the hype that we put on him yeah like all these character works uh, just phenomenally good uh, yeah it, and it, played into brooks's disgustingness well yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a fairly disgusting match. <laughs> <laughs> Sleazy. Yeah. Wouldn't that look out of place on a Dove Pro card? It, it was a good setting, though, because uh, like the dome, uh, since they've done away with the ceiling lights, is, is a really dark building. And it's kind of up my alley. It's the, it's the kind of building mm-hmm. that I like to watch wrestling in because it's kind of dark and dingy. And <laughs> We like the undergrats. Oh, yeah. Definitely an undergraps building, and the fact they had mm-hmm. no seating as well—it was all just people packed around the ring. It had that—it had the kind of feel that Fight Club Pro had, uh, like a couple of years ago. That, that, yeah. that kind of atmosphere to it. Yeah, I like—I like the people being right up next to a ring, and we got some good shots of uh, various people getting fired up. Uh, I was actually standing uh, like right next to Mike Kilby uh, yeah. <laughs> at the start of the, <laughs> the show. <laughs> the greatest fan who ever lived. Um, but I got really self-conscious about how tall I am. And I kept looking around <laughs> behind me and thinking, oh, I'm blocking someone's view here, so yeah. I moved. Um, well, I went to the bar, and then like when I came back, I decided not to go back down the front. So. Uh, shall we move on to Maris Alani yeah. defeating Emil Satochi? Sure. Uh, it was good to see Satochi back, because he wasn't at World Tag Team League. But uh, he is definitely a unique character, and I thought that character really stood out in front of like a different audience to him. Yeah, I kind of like Satoshi, and I do like Alani. He's, he's one of the most freakishly athletic uh, workers in Europe at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, th- this match for me is like it was one of these matches that's just it's really solid. Yeah, like there's nothing bad about it. You can't just sit there and go, "Oh, that was a mistake. That was mistimed." It was everything was really good, but I'm just not. I don't know what the hook is with Alani at the moment because of like them splitting him up with Andy. It's like I'm waiting for that mm. the next step of that feud. Yeah, obviously this is kind of like a, a stopover match for him. Obviously he's going to be embroiled with Andy uh, going forward. So yeah, I do get that that he kind of was a man without anything to do here. So they just put him against Satoshi. But I think Satoshi's a guy who can make anything meaningful. And, like, he's so hateable. Like, he's got a hateable face. He's got the face of a heel. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it pulled me into this match. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I preferred it live. Like, I watched, because I watched the whole show back because I didn't remember some parts of it for reasons. And mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> this match live I thought was really good. But then, uh, like, watching it back, it's there's not a lot of uh, life to it. It's just... It just existed as a, a thing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, like I said, both of them are very capable wrestlers and there was n- nothing particularly wrong with it. It just didn't catch me. That's fair. Um, Avalanche crushing Michael Dante. Yes. <laughs> uh, this oh, is was good. Just, like, if yeah. you, like, I thought this was a good use of Dante, actually, uh, because Avalanche did look like a proper powerhouse in being able to beat Dante, who was just as big as him, if not bigger. Like, I didn't even realize Dante was that big until you kind of put him up against a big guy like Avalanche. Um, But yeah, good horse battle, and Avalanche came out looking even better than he already did. Yeah. The thing with Dante is he is disposable, because they're Mm -hmm. not going to use him an awful lot. They're just going to use him if they need to put someone over, but he has that that history, uh, you know, tagging with uh, Tommy and Sumerian Death Squad, that when you put him in there, it's like, Oh, it's Michael Dante. You know, he's he's good. He has a lot of cachet. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, it probably won't last if they keep treating him like uh, <laughs> like a dirt bottom rung jobber all the time. But um, it worked here. It uh, made Avalanche look better. Definitely. Uh, I, I love the way he just uh, took the spear and just kind of stopped. Oh yeah, it was like <laughs> a rugby tackle kind of time. thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did really enjoy that. Uh, it, it did. It certainly felt like a physical match. Like it wasn't kind of like two big guys dancing around each other. It was definitely that, that spot, especially just the uh, right grinding into the trenches. You know, like Avalanche did have to pull out effort. He didn't just squash Dante here. Like it was a proper like physical match. Yeah, is it a real sprint though? It's like six minutes long. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was good stuff. And then we get. Kind of the true main event of this show. Uh, not that the main event wasn't bad, but uh, what well, was bad, but uh, this was kind of the blow away match of the whole weekend, really. Um, and obviously, the match in WXW right now in terms of singles, yeah. feuds, Walter beating David Starr. And talk about physicality. Like, Walter is just a freight train coming at you at all times. Like, <laughs> and the way they managed to convey, like, the effort levels that Star has to put in compared to Walter to, like, do the same amount of damage. You can just really feel this match. Like, you can feel every chop, and you can feel the grind, but... And the effort that Star has to pull out to try and get Walter even off his feet. Yeah, well, I like the it, fact uh, that he kept, uh, like, building momentum and, like, getting a few moves in getting, and getting mm-hmm. a little bit more confident about it. And then all of a sudden, you just run into a lariat or a big boot or something, and that that'd be it for a while. Yeah. But even just like right at the start, when they were just doing some like arm wrenches and stuff, just Walter just continuously moving 
star into a corner, just moving at star if he tried, if he got out. Like, yeah. there was no relenting in this Vol- match. Volta's storytelling is so good. <laughs> uh, all the stuff he did in this match was amazing. The, the stuff with his hand, uh, because star works over the hand yeah. to try and stop the chops. It doesn't, but, like, it doesn't stop Volta from selling as well, because he was hitting stuff and then having to stop because he'd hurt his hand. Yeah. So it would... It's not that it's completely stopped him from using it, but it's just it still figures yeah. into the match like all the way through. His hand isn't blown off, but he's certainly feeling the effect of using it. Yeah, it's after chopping the ring post. It's yeah. like from that point, he's kind of like he's thinking about it and switching his offense around a little bit, but still using the chops because he has he feels he has to just to keep Star down. And they keep managing to make it look like Star is getting closer and closer yeah. to beating Walter every time out, but he, they still haven't like pulled the trigger on a really big like two point nine count or whatever. Like they're they're doing an excellent job of saving big moments for another match down the line, another match down the line, while still making this match feel so significant and feeling like just every time Star gets a two count on Walter or just gets him down on the mat, that it is an achievement in of itself. Like. Um, it's it's kind of like that um like uh Kawada Nasawa kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're but clearly it's building multiple up for the years, long. multiple matches and you're not getting any like you're getting incrementally better and incrementally yeah. further along and incrementally close to beating this guy, but it's still a long way away. Yeah. I, I saw <laughs> people a, saying like struggle. they're expecting it to happen at Carrot and I'm like, No, no, it's it's gonna Keep be it going, way man. further off than that. <laughs> It's like they, they've still got so many more things to do in the ring, so many more ways of making you believe that Star can do it. But <laughs> you don't want to burn it off in four months. Uh, this could go forever and ever and ever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how long was was Mizawa Kawada before Kawada actually won? I mean, he won in the tag first, so that's kind of how I'm expecting them to to go with this: is that mm. the first pin is going to be in a tag match at some point. But then he still can't beat him in singles, and that'll go on for another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm salivating because these matches are all incredible. Like <laughs> the 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 carrot match is still in my top ten. I haven't like figured where this one ranks I think in, in my big list of matches. But I had uh, this is marginally it's be high, marginally better than carrot. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I, it's on the same level for me. Definitely. Yeah, I kind of ummed and about it. Um, when I was doing the, the star rating and I kind of put it down as four and a half, mm-hmm. but it's, I just like the storytelling so much in this match that I kind of tagged an extra quarter star on just because of the, the whole thing with the way that the hand works <laughs> and the way that star targets it as a way of trying to eliminate the offense and the way that Volta sells it, but also the way he's still unstoppable, even though star does everything that he possibly can. He just hasn't got enough and it's just the, the storyline that they told was just so perfect loved it yeah you, you really feel for Star <laughs> yeah well I say that but I chanted for Volta like all the way yeah. through the match <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you feel for Star but you still love Volta I still love Volta like, yeah it's, it's, like, it's a unique storyline right now and I, I'm glad they're bringing it back I would definitely cheer for Star if you won but um, Volta's just oh, he's so good at the moment he's on another level yeah um, he really is He's top five in the world. Um, possibly no top doubt. three. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the second half of the show and Tony Storm beating Nina Samuels. Uh, I did. I, it took a while for this match to kind of get going. I don't think many people knew 
about Nina Samuels. I certainly didn't really. Um, but I did like, again, Tony Storm's sort of the way she builds matches and like the way she just kind of crushes her opponents at the end of them. Very satisfying. Um, like she, she never has a bad match. <laughs> She's got a very high floor. Yeah. Um, um I would it's exactly how what I put it, except I said basement <laughs> instead of floor when I put it in the review because yeah. I forgot the words that I was supposed to use. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Tony has, has developed like this this um, match that she has, and mm. anyone that can keep up with her, she has that match with them. And it's not necessarily the same match every time, but it has the same sort of beats to it. Yeah. And uh, she's gotten very good at putting that match on, and it kind of covers for anyone else's shortcomings because she, her structuring so solid. Um, I don't think she's telling any great stories yet, but the match that she's got down is a very accomplished one, and she's kind mm. of around that three stars every time out, which is it's really solid for uh, like women's wrestling in Europe. We just haven't had that uh, people that operate at that standard for yeah, that, a long that kind time. of sheer consistency. Yeah. that she's got going on. Uh, yeah, it was good to see her in a WXW ring. Obviously, she has the number one contendership match in her back pocket. Uh, so it was good to like see her outside of just the Femfatal tournament, um, make her part of the universe, put her over, and I think that was kind of what this show achieved as a whole. In that every pretty much every single match, someone got put over big time. Usually the winner, but in the main event the loser. Like someone really established themselves further ahead than the the other person in the WXW hierarchy. So I thought there was a good running theme throughout this show of the winner, or in the main event's case, the loser, looking really, really good. And, you know, you're invested in them as a character. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a very good show. Um, the the match after the uh, Tony Storm match, Ilya Dragunov against Mark Haskins, mm-hmm. if it hadn't have been for that Star Volta match, people would be raving oh, about yeah, this match. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> raving about it. It was so yeah. good. Uh, another secret hidden four star match on this show, but, but it won't get any of the headlines because of Water Star. But yeah, <laughs> another like Haskins banger. He had that one against um, Mark Andrews in OTT, but again, went completely under the radar, but was excellent. Um, he had one with Riddle the night after that as well, that was really yeah. good. <laughs> the, the problem with these matches are just like they're not story matches, so no. like they are very, I don't know, disposable is not the right word, but um, like pass overable. <laughs> which also isn't a word that's not a word no but yeah Dragonov in the UK great to see that um, I'm hoping this is the first of a lot of matches for Dragonov in the UK because it's just it's like he's opened up another door here and all of the British guys who are really really good at wrestling they've got somebody new to play with yes uh, Dragonov <laughs> hasn't wrestled anyone not no. not in the from the UK scene not since Tyler Bate in uh working men's club in 2014 <laughs> yeah that seems like a million years ago yeah yeah the, this match with haskins oh it was so good but the um the intensity of both the guys was just incredible and the they, they actually told a very basic storyline with mm-hmm. it was just a wear down match and they're both kind of crazy and they do topes and chops and, uh. <laughs> yeah it didn't really need to be a, a deep meaningful story it was just two guys going straight at each other yeah. and yeah there's no two better people for that like how Matt Haskins sort of rebranded himself as the guy who just goes and goes and goes mm. like um and the ultra intensity 
and it's the same thing for Dragunov, kind of a mirror match in a way. Um, remember when we were talking to Alexander James and he's saying, like, uh, anyone can do big spots. It's what you do in between that's important. Yeah. This match is a fine, fine example of doing the stuff in between. Mm-hmm. All the transitions in this match were absolutely fucking fluid. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful stuff. And that's what you get with Haskins. Haskins you get the so roles. You get, <laughs> you get the roles, you get the transitions. Yeah. And yeah, like, it just it builds to a complete match. It really isn't just move and then get into position for another move and then another move it was yeah like you say really fluid and the characters did pop off the screen yeah now dragonoff i think came across as a as a huge star here um mm-hmm. which does... is i'm i'm I, as my, I did enjoy the progress show but i'm gonna have to pick a bone with them when you have dragonoff and avalanche you know in the country for a weekend and... uh i actually <laughs> i actually have uh, a bit of a scoop for you Okay. I know exactly why Dragunov was not on that progress show. Because is this, is this airable? <laughs> yes, it is. It's completely okay. airable. But um, I have this from a, a fairly reliable source because I okay. know people. Um, Ilya Dragunov works Sundays. He hasn't got any more holiday this year. Oh no! So, <laughs> so progress. We're kind of looking at him. Asked him if he was available. And he said no, because he's he had to work. So he got no Damn. more holiday. So that Sunday, that progress show, chapter fifty six, Ilya Dragunov would have been on that show if he hadn't have run out of holiday time. That sucks. Yeah, but that means he's there. You know, he's they're aware of him. Uh, he's, John, he's made the contact. John Briley was there at um, mm-hmm. at the WXW show. Who's at the last one? He's aware of Ilya Dragunov. Jim yeah. Smallman knows who Ilya Dragunov is. They, they know who Dragunov is, and they know what he's capable of doing. It's only a matter of time. I kind of get the feeling they probably got first refusal on on having him as well. So Yeah, WXW are aligned with progress. So Yeah. I, I, I would certainly would have hoped Avalanche, because Avalanche, I know, was at the show and just kind of yeah, I, I also know who was at the show because I was standing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get him in the ring, not out of it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I guess when you look at that, that uh, we'll get to it in a minute. But the uh, yeah, yeah. the chapter fifty six, there was so much change on that show that it kind of would have been weird to shoehorn him in somewhere, not having. I, 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 I do get the reason, but I I still have the bone to pick. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. When you consider other people that are used on that show, and we'll get to that. We're yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Tim Thatcher beating Mark Davis, and uh, out of the two Davises that Thatcher faced this weekend, I thought Mark Davis was certainly the guy who got <laughs> the Tim Thatcher style a bit more. Uh, um, <laughs> and it was cool to see him because, like, he is just com- a completely brand new to WXW. Like, and yeah, he was kind of just thrown in here, obviously with card reshuffles, Jensen's not being able to show up. It did create this opportunity, and it was a short match. Uh, nothing spectacular, but yeah, it was it was an interesting matchup they got going. Yeah, I thought it was good stuff. Um, because Mark Davis just overpowers people. That's what he does. Yeah, and um, he had a pretty good go at overpowering Tim Thatcher, and he kind of busted off all the power stuff. But then Thatcher was there with counters afterwards, like because Davis has, has got that raw ability, but like when it comes to like the depth of storytelling that Tim Thatcher's operating on, it's it's there's a bit of a difference still. Mm-hmm. And I thought Timmy did a really good job here of 
of telling the story with uh, with Davis just doing like his power stuff is cool, you know, getting his shit in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it, they gelled really well together. It's a shame yeah, it was only exactly. six minutes long because it I thought it was really good. Yeah, it, it could have definitely gone longer. Um, it's just, <laughs> I guess it was an audition for Mark Davis, and he's certainly you know ready and seasoned enough to appear in WXW a lot more often and bring Kyle Fletcher along for the ride. I, I did really enjoy Solid Snake Thatcher. <laughs> what what a storyline getting what a getting a, a cigarette in the eye from Bobby Guns and getting to look like Solid Snake I, for a bit. Yeah, That's I hadn't actually cool. seen um, like that angle, and so I was like, "Is he actually hurt? Like, is he legitimately hurt?" Yeah, and um, and it was kind of hard to uh, to understand what, why he'd come out like in pirate cosplay, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, he did. Uh, he did a real good job with it, and um, yeah, no, it was a good showing from him and from mm-hmm. Mark Davis. And then the main event, uh, we did get Rise bullshit, but in the end, I think it was all to serve a better purpose. I honestly uh, thought this is the best Rise bullshit I have ever seen. <laughs> the- well, first of all, we started off with a ten-second title change mm-hmm. with Banks, support, like doing the Jericho and almost winning. Uh, the Unified World Championship, uh, and then getting it taken away by the second ref. I, I have a little story guy. about that because um, mm-hmm. I was I had moved like further back into the crowd at this point, and I was stood talking to someone uh, at the start of the match. And when uh, Travis Banks uh, like was de- declared as the winner, uh, she went like, "Oh shit, has he won the title?" And like we, we were kind of like, "What's going on? Has he won the title?" Uh, <laughs> that was uh, Millie McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> so Millie was getting fired up for uh, like Travis uh, winning another yeah, title. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, Bad Bones's leg under the rope restarted the match. Banks still basically whipped his ass the whole way through. Um, but then Lucky Kid uh, saved Klinger and various amounts of low blowing and title shot uh, hitting. It was good gave stuff, Bad Bones the win. And, and yeah, I, it, it was certainly compelling, and it all served to make Banks look excellent, and clearly WXW are going to be doing a lot with him in the run-up to 16 Carat. Yeah, because he's in 16 Carat, so that's, they're clearly going to use him for, for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, the uh, the bullshit worked for me here. I, I get really irritated with the same shtick over and over again, but oh, them yeah. only having Lucky Kid there meant they had to really like fine tune <laughs> it. Yeah. So, like Lucky Kid, I don't mind him interfering in matches because just look at him. Yeah, he that's exactly what he would do. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fucking lunatic. And I like that he was kind of away for a, about half the match. He wasn't anywhere near the ring, and then like he yeah. comes down and they start doing all the uh, all the shenanigans and stuff. So you have like Travis. Basically, winning the match like three times. Mm. Once with the foot under the ropes, once with what would have been a submission if Lucky Kid hadn't distracted the uh, Tass, and once where he, he just pulls uh, Tass out of the ring. Uh, so, there's you're giving Travis a lot with that winning the title, and I think Bones came out of it looking good. Like, his timing and everything was, was very strong in this match. Yeah, like he's kind of a desperate man, but he has got it figured out, and that's why he's the champion. But his Time is clearly numbered because Dragonov and now Banks are gunning for him, and <laughs> I, I I do think it was you know a good story to tell and make Banks really establish him in the WXW hierarchy. 
I don't think it makes Bones look like a loser. And he's oh, got no, the not match with Colin. He's, he's got a match with Colin coming up, and he's probably going to kill Colin. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it made him look like some kind of a an evil mastermind this match the way it was put mm. together because it's clearly like it's him being the leader and he's gone to lucky kid i need you to do this i need you to do this and that's the way the match was structured just to like him killing time until he was in trouble and then yeah, yeah. in comes lucky kid so yeah it, it's all very intriguing um and i thought yeah like i say a lot of people got put over strong on this show so it certainly wasn't a, a meaningless show in terms of uh, the wider WXW story. So yeah, great wrestling, two great matches, and, you know, meaningful story beats. And then shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as I pointed out, I was not exactly sober when I turned up at the, the, the venue, which is um, the, the benefit of drinking with Germans in the afternoon of the show. So I I partly blame Strigger for this. Um, and I mostly just blame myself. But um, yeah, I forgot to eat, so like I, I just basically went throughout the day without eating anything and just drinking beer all day. Um, th- the result of this was post-show shenanigans, where uh, I told John Briley that I didn't think much of Progress's social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, that actually went over better than I thought it would. Um, He's he's a nice guy. He just he gets wound up by people. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Christian Jacoby. I don't clearly remember what I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember asking him for something, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I also had a very long conversation with Maria Salani. Where well, I say conversation. I was talking at Maria Salani about <laughs> the absolute Andy uh, heel turn and how great I thought it was, and he just didn't want to know. <laughs> So it's just really, and like uh, Haskins was stood next to him, and I just I just left in the end. I just yeah, I just talked and talked. And talked. <laughs> uh, I also had a conversation with Sebastian Holmickel, the uh, the German commentator. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, forgetting that I'd never spoken to him before, so he just had no no clue who I was. <laughs> that was fun, and obviously we uh, we were taking photos around around the ringside, and there's uh, one of me sort of behind timothy thatcher and it looks like i'm fake it looks like i'm being photoshopped <laughs> onto it. like i say you look like you're from an n64 gold mine <laughs> <laughs> um there's there's also another picture that i don't think has made it onto social media anywhere that kia took uh with avalanche and i'm in the background of that and i look exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> I, I think something happened to you that night um yeah booze um so after the show, like everyone clears off and I'm stumbling quite badly and um, my little Portuguese mate, uh, the King of Boom, you, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he basically helps me onto the onto the tube because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a mess. Um, went and ate something, went back to the hotel and by the time I'm back at the hotel, I, like I'm, I'm reasonably sober again because uh, I just hadn't eaten anything. Get back, walk into the hotel and there's a guy like passed out in the hallway, like literally on the floor. And like I like kick, kick at the side of him and go like, "You all right? You all right, mate?" And he's he's just kind of like, uh, uh. Uh. "I was like, is, is, this your, is this your room? Are you in number 10? And he goes like, uh, uh, uh. "Oh dear." 
I'm like really like I'm too. He didn't. He didn't quite make it. Uh, the next morning, like ten, uh, five minutes before kicking out time, I walked downstairs to leave, and there's a pool of sick on the stairs. Ooh. And uh, this guy is standing um, in his doorway, uh, mm. in his pants, being told <laughs> off by the owner of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> He's so living a good lovely, life. A lovely, lovely Saturday night in London. Mm-hmm. And on my way to the uh, the progress show, I walked past uh, an empty bottle of champagne with the box that it come in next to it. It was Verve Clico. So that, that's how they party in London. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. And then eventually you made it to the Electric Ballroom. Yes. <laughs> for the first progress show in a fair while, obviously we had the one-night uh, women's tournament. That was kind of like a... Uh, a B show, a mini show, um, good quality stuff. But this is proper chapter show for the first time since September. And, it's been ages. Yeah. This is the first progress show I've been to since June. And it did you enjoy it? <laughs> the show after Strong Style, I forget what it's called. Uh, yes, yes, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it very much. The um, what you won't get to see is there was a dark match before the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I'm looking at cage match and it's telling me ah, okay, the participants. Yeah. So, a bit of Big T action. <laughs> yeah, well, it was the OJMO and Big yeah. T Justice as a tag team. Basically, uh, Big Cass and Enzo. Oh, God, this was so good. Like, as a team, they are so, so good. Because you've got o- OJMO uh, with a level of confidence that you shouldn't possess for somebody so, like, like incredibly skinny and small yeah. <laughs> uh, getting himself into trouble uh just calling stuff and then and then failing to do it and and then big t justice just tagging in and killing people mm-hmm. it was so much fun uh i'm so into this as, uh, uh, team as a team yeah these guys are going places <laughs> quite clearly <laughs> yeah absolutely that's so good because big t justice is the future if, if you don't know. Yeah, he, he doesn't do very much at the moment. He literally, all he has to do is step into the ring, which he does over the top yeah. rope like Kevin Nash. I mean, he's he's in the same vein as uh, Strowman and Kitamura. He's, he's the European version of those guys. Yeah, he, he's very imposing, except when he's uh, not in the ring and he's just walking around with his like hipster hat on and stuff. It's just, <laughs> he's a well-dressed man. Getting mad at people for shouting big tea at him on the street. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. But then I knew he was going to be great. That's why I drafted him. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> five years from now, you're going to be uh, looking back on that pick with great pride. Oh, yeah. Because he is the man, the feature. Uh, and then the main show started off proper. And we got the Fight Club Pro versus Knuckle Locks match, uh, where Fight Club Pro kind of just ate up Knuckle Locks for breakfast, I thought. <laughs> Uh, Fletcher Davis and Omari defe- uh, defeating Connor Mills, Alex Cupid and Dylan D'Angelo. Uh, I've never seen any of those three before. I will say Alex Cupid looked good, but he definitely used to fill out a bit more uh, to really make that act that he was going for work. Uh, and I won't say too much about the other two because <laughs> I thought they were a bit 
all flash, no substance. Yeah, I've I've seen all of them work before because I watched the um like the the dome shows, the smaller ones. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Connor Mills has had some really good matches on there. He he's a bit flippity at the moment, uh, and you're mm. right, he's kind of got some way to go in terms of that. But the the thing that was great about this match is it. We've been saying for a while, like over the course of the summer since Strong Style, that progress has gotten a little bit stale. Yeah. That they they kind of felt like they'd. F- you know, falling into it was the same show. guys on every show kind of doing the same thing, building yeah. to the matches you knew were going to happen uh, at the big show. So, yeah, getting a, a surge of talent, new guys in there. Omari's going to be huge for progress. Like, they're going to do a lot of Aussie Open too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, giving Cupid, Mills, and D'Angelo a first shot. I, th- I think Never Say Die have had a match before, but I don't think I watched that show. Uh, but like a they first were, big shot. They were on the dark match. Uh, they had a dark match with the Aussie Open. Oh, okay. Um, That's probably what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. and I've I've seen them on the Dome shows, obviously. Um, we've actually buried the lead segment. Yes, on of this course. Show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, British Strong Style coming out first and basically <laughs> apologising. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one, to be honest. Like. I, I didn't care about the story anyway, so I don't really care, but they just kind of blew it off. So, <laughs> it was always a bit tongue-in-cheek, and it, like, it never, like, it started off really intense and, like, it felt real with, like, you know, the Midlands guys coming down and taking the title and threatening to sign the contracts on it and whatever. But by the end, it had turned into fun six-man matches with some heel spots in it. Yeah. So I think... They can get they can get away with ending it like this, very tongue in cheek style. I think that the the crowd has been just wanting an excuse to cheer for them for yeah. months, um, especially Trent. Like Trent has been like <laughs> pushing that that babyface line for oh yeah at least six, six months. months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for them to just turn, come out and go, yeah, we're sorry about that. It's I'm fine with it. Yeah, right. no, I'm, the, I'm not gonna throw a tizzy about it. But the the big part of this was um, that Pete Tung got attacked at the end of this segment. Oh boy, here we <laughs> <By> go, Joseph <laughs> Connors. Yes, <laughs> uh, king of the two star special. <laughs> now that I mean, I know I've said that I was really happy about how fresh this show was and how they'd used a lot of uh, like new people and had like changes that freshened up the card uh yeah not too sure about connor's i mean the boys like him so and also obviously he's aligned with wwe uk which is the main reason (laughs) that he's here the thing is he is a capable wrestler it's just that He's so boring. <laughs> he is. The thing is, like I said that about James Drake, and they fixed that because they put him with Zach Gibson and now he's fine because he's just, he might be boring, but he's boring with Zach Gibson who isn't boring. So yeah. it's, and they do a load of tag team stuff that's yeah. great. So. But yeah, I don't really want to see Connors versus Dunn or whatever they have planned for Connors. <laughs> it seems weird that they've been going for like five years and never used Connors. Even though, like, you know, he's a big deal in uh, Southside and whatnot. And, like, he's now, a big deal in Southside, na- now Southside you pull the trigger shit. on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's perplexing, but, uh, you know, it, it's happened. And I think, though, I think in the next match as well, we're going to probably talk about someone who 
Strangler Davis. <laughs> like Strangle Wank. Strangle Wank Davis. <laughs> oh dear. Um, he I'm, shit. A, I'm a wholesome boy, really. Yeah, yeah. He well, shit. basically, He's shit. Uh, he just. I don't know what the deal is with him. It's just you have him. I had no problem with what he did uh, with the riots and the heel turn. I thought was fine, but then everything that he's done since is awful. Well, I thought the heel turn was really good because it actually had genuine yeah. emotion in it, and the riots yeah, but then it feels like work well of, together. Just, but then not following it up with a feud with Lynch, I guess like they, they couldn't because he was injured. But I, yeah, I, I I get that. Like if Lynch can't go or whatever, they can't do it. But then, what is his character now? What's his motivation? Why does he have a noose? It's just oh, I'm really cool or whatever. Um, like so, and you're not, mate. <laughs> you're shit. <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody who works for WXW who will remain unnamed. And okay. it's not Avalanche. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the man standing next to you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. It was someone else. So okay. I'm not going to name them. Yeah. But um, I said, um, Str- Stranglewank is basically a shit hangman page. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hangman page is a shit hangman page. <laughs> so it's like when, when you're like a poor man's version of a poor wrestler that's not a good place to it's be. not looking good there there were moments in this match where i was struggling <laughs> to be honest because it was just so clearly obvious that thatcher was like basically leading davis through a dance and like the, the end when they were like going back and forth behind each other you could sort of see them talking to each other and like talking to a ref and like ugh, there was no chemistry here what's like the other Davis, Mark Davis, had chemistry with Thatcher and kind of knew what the match was supposed to be, and this was just kind of two guys in there having a bit of a chat <laughs> behind, like, headlocks or whatever. Oh, and it's a bad match. I, I think Davis has just completely fallen on his face. Oof. It's not, it's not been an auspicious start, and it's because he's lost his feud. He had a ready-made feud which was emotional and people gave a shit about it and would have led to probably some really cool plunder brawls. But obviously, for one reason or another, Lynch can't do it or doesn't want to do it or has retired, basically. And it's just left Davis on an, on an island with nothing to do. He can't do the riot shtick. He can't do all of his old spots because it's all babyface stuff. Like, <laughs> he's really struggling out there. And it's, yeah, it is. I, I don't know why he couldn't have just come out with a cricket bat like he had before and just be a twat. Yeah, what? He hasn't actually explained why he has a noose. Other than... I don't think he understands what he has to do. That's part of the problem. He doesn't get his own gimmick. He doesn't understand what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it's just it's just happening because he's evil now and he's cool. And, and yeah. let's, let's face it, you have to be a bit of a cunt to think it's cool to come out with a noose yeah. as a white man. That's just wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you're a shit hangman page, like, yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is basically thug territory. This is. I, I am shaking my head here. Yeah. James Drake. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, he's he's beca- he is a good wrestler. He's just boring. Like next to Zach Gibson, who's just this incredible character, and like people, he's got this all this cachet built up. He's been in progress forever. He, he's almost synonymous with progress at this point. He's on been on basically every single show they put on for three and a half years except for the ones where he was contracted by itv for a bit and then that fell through and then he came back and took up his spot again straight away 
like next to Gibson, Drake, <laughs> he looks like a confident wrestler, certainly, and they do have he has, good he has matches. Very nice hair. He has, very well oh yeah, he's he's got like the old Jesus hair that Haskins used to have. Um, <laughs> but like, he, there's nothing to him. He's just a man who stands next to Gibson while Gibson cuts his promo, <laughs> <laughs> or then cuts the prom- the same promo but like half a reaction. It's I mean, they are getting there, I'll give them that, and the tag team has a good theme, but it is Gibson and another guy, ultimately. He is quite young, though, isn't he? I mean, like, he's, what, 23, I think? They are the grizzled young vets, so... Yeah. And <laughs> he, he can he can definitely get better, certainly. I mean, he's he's basically wrestled, what, Future Shock and the camps. That's that's basically what, mm. what Drake's been doing. So... It's it's a different environment for him, and I don't think he's really got a hold of it yet. Um, maybe he just doesn't have the personality to do that. But sticking him with Gibson, he's learning things. Um, so hopefully, uh, he'll pick up enough to be like a useful person mm-hmm. for him. But like as a wrestler, he's pretty good. And like when they're doing the double teams and stuff, you can see that he's on Gibson's level with a lot of that. So yeah. you know that's good. But like you say, it's all the stuff in between, and <laughs> he has been in progress for a year now, and it's been one of the most like innocuous, anonymous years <laughs> of anyone ever in progress. Did uh, Did Moser ever get revenge for him breaking his jaw? Uh, Moser's coming back. He's up against Ridgeway in uh, the Tetsujin qualifier at the next chapter, I think. Oh, okay. But no, <laughs> he's, he's not seeked out James Drake for revenge. He probably should, because that kind of derailed his uh, progress career quite yeah. badly. And that would be something for Drake to actually like do and get invest people forget to get invested in, because that is the problem with the Grizzled Young Vets is that people obviously love to boo Gibson, like he is just getting mega heat every time out and it hasn't died for three years so <laughs> you know keep riding the gravy train um but they are like i don't know if they have that same kind of aura as british strong style where you just know exactly who they are and what they represent it is just kind of it is occasionally just two guys doing stuff yeah well, it is gibson and plus one yeah um and then they were up against chris brooks and uh just about pre-heel turn Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> it feels weird to talk about him now, uh, but obviously we'll talk about him in much more detail later. What, and what he did r- later on in the show was really awesome. But yeah, they <laughs> it was a thrown together team because of Lycos's injury. Yeah, I didn't really see him as like Brooks's partner. I mean, they have no history together. There's, no. There didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason behind it, and it didn't go he anywhere. He was here to do happened. the angle, so yeah. chuck him in. <laughs> Yeah, so it was very weird, very weird match. Um, I don't think the match worked particularly well. That um, there were definite issues throughout it. Where uh, Brooks uh, in tag matches, he has a lot of spots that don't make any sense at all. Like he does that double dragon leg whip thing, and I'm just there going, why is he still holding onto the leg? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and they did like because a, it's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they did like a DDT. Uh, wait, the, the guy DDT's his own partner thing, and I'm like, yeah. why is he still holding on to him? Yeah, just let go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those spots can work, and but other times, yeah, when the timing's just off a bit, it is a bit. Yeah, but this the, is wrestling. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of times in this match where I was just sat, well, I was stood there yeah. on, on the balcony, going like, why? There's no, there's no reason for this to happen. It doesn't make any sense, and mm. it just, it I, got to the point where it took me out of the match. 
No, I, I definitely get that. And yeah, I don't think this was meant to be like any, any kind of big time match. I think it gets recontextualized later on after the very strong star tag. Um, and yeah, just kind of like us injury derailing things, but they're back on track next month because CCK versus Ring Camp and it's going to be good. Mm. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh yeah, and speaking of Ring Camp, Walter... I was just about to say that. <laughs> Walter made Wolfgang look second rate, <laughs> as we thought he would. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Walter uh, makes a lot of people look second rate. Yeah. Because his level is so high that if you're not up at that level, then... Mm. Yeah, you're just going to kind of get a little bit exposed, which is what happened with Wolfgang. And keeping in mind, he's having the best year of his career this year. Oh, yeah. We even really enjoyed Wolfgang this yeah. year. I drafted him in the Euro draft, but yeah. I can also recognize that he is not on the same tier as Walter. <laughs> like, oh, no. There's certainly a place for Wolfgang, and it's, it, there's probably a place for him in progress too. But debuting him in this match, and the debuting way he got debuted as like this, oh, I'm supposed to be trembling in my boots of this big star Wolfgang probably wasn't the best way to go. He'd probably be better served in, like, the opening six-man, like we had. Maybe, not, obviously not in the kind of Fight Club versus Knuckle Locks mm-hmm. match, but in that kind of same kind of you start at the bottom and you work your way up kind of way if you get over, rather than here's a guy from WWUK. You care about that, right? <laughs> I had um, uh, yet more uh, WXW scoops here, but... Um... Apparently Wolfgang, like in in Germany, he's considered to be completely weird. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> the, the comparison was that like absolute Andy is weird to people who aren't from Germany, and I was like, yeah, I get that because he is. Yeah. He is very strange. Like the whole character is very weird if you're not German. Mm. Um, to Germans, Wolfgang is weird. And I and I asked like what what part of it, and he and it was like every part of it. <laughs> I mean, he works as like a brawler and like. Yeah, he he is kind of like the final boss of a bike club or whatever, uh, and, but just it doesn't work at all in the same context as Walter, who's just like this uber wrestle man who will just destroy you on the mat in the ring and yeah, school you basically. <laughs> and it just, it, the two just don't have they don't belong in the same universe if you know what I mean. Like one is strictly business and one is like oh, I'm going to, like, you know, run my bike over you or whatever. One is very sports entertainment and one is very, you know, ring camp wrestling. Yeah, I did kind of enjoy the match. But, um, yeah, it, <laughs> after all that, it, it was it was okay. But, yeah, like, I just don't think it ever should have happened, really. Like, <laughs> they have no business being in the ring with each other. Okay, we're done with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the next match after this was uh, British Strong Style against uh, the team of David Starr and Jack Sexsmith, aka Sexy Star. Sexy Star. I did enjoy this, and it it kind of popped off uh, Twitter a little bit. I think some people were offended because they always are on Twitter about really? the David Starr armbar joke on Jim Smallman. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I was in bits. <laughs> Got yeah. to tell you. I was in bits, and like, in and the first I like exchange... the team of Star and Sexsmith, man. They they could definitely do something. I'm liking this. They're putting tag teams together. Uh, obviously, they put they essentially made two tag teams with this match. Um, a top heel, like a top heel tag team, yeah. and like an underdog babyface tag team. So yeah, <laughs> this match was just kind of all you know, all shucks comedy stuff. But I, that wasn't kind of the point. The point was the aftermath with. Yeah. Uh, 
Triple H coming in, <laughs> killing Sexy Star. There was there was an absolute on the money tweet, um, like that went out right after this happened, and it was Mark Haskins dresses like an undercover cop, <laughs> <laughs> um, which he does. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see it. Yeah, he kind of looks like a 90s action movie anti-hero. I love him for it. I really do. Uh, I refuse <laughs> to boo Haskins. Just refuse to boo him. Oh, wow. Uh, just... Vicky Haskins, she got me so fucking annoyed <laughs> at Alexandra Palace. That was when I really started to enjoy the show, was when she interfered and just annoyed me so much and from there the oh, it's, like, it's just it's a, it's so a lovely I'm... moment between a, a married couple who are sharing no by the baseball bat she's annoying <laughs> so i'm glad that she's like taking up that character full time and uh with her charges havoc and haskins yeah this is a really cool act like they did they did the janice abyss tna thing which i can take or leave i guess it's a cool visual but you like when you've hit them and they're not like dead you can kind of see that it's just kind of not a real weapon. I think they probably should have saved that for later, or done the TNA thing where Rob Van Dam's just like covered in ketchup backstage, and it, he's supposed to have been hit by it. Um, so I, I didn't like that that they kind of just used the weapon straight away. But yeah, this team is right up my alley. It reinvigorates the tag team division, which Progress has always had a historically very strong tag team division. And they've lost a fair few of the tag teams in it. Obviously, it's FSU suddenly very, very hot, though, isn't it? Yeah. When you like, look at... if bring British Strong Style stick around, they can they can be put in matches. They got CCK, Grizzled Young Vets are getting better, I guess. Ben Gibson's always cool. Sexy Star, they got a lot of sympathy from this, and Sex Myth is always going to get a lot of sympathy. And Ring Camp. Um, and Ring Camp, Walter and Thatcher going to be up against CCK next time. Aussie Open, you know, they've got a lot of people they can use now. And last last year, this time last year, their tag team division was popping off with Ring Camp, Riots, uh, The Hunters, FSU, Mustache Mountain, you know, and they could recreate that again with some new teams. And that I think that is what progress kind of thrives in is those the tag team matches. Yeah, they always have what, like like one crazy tag team match every yeah. couple of shows where they just go all over the building and it's that's fun times. The um. My favourite part of this match, uh, just after the, they'd been announced as Sexy Star, like right at the beginning uh, when Star and, and Tyler Bate were doing mat work, uh, Trent Seven uh, leans over the ropes and goes, uh, don't you shoot, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're just rolling around, it's, yeah. uh, it's a nice little it, it has been very nice to see Mustache Mountain like pop up all over the place and doing you know, the fun, silly shtick. Because after so long of them being, you know, we're super serious heels or whatever, it wasn't really them, and it, the act was kind of falling apart at the seams. And yeah. like you say, people just wanted to cheer them. So yeah, just giving in, embracing it, and having some fun while they still can. And they go, they're going everywhere. They won the Rev Pro tag titles. You know, they're popping up in all these different places. Uh, Lucha Forever. I, I can only um, assume this means that Tyler Bates is hanging around for longer than we thought. Yeah. Which, or they're getting it in now while they still can. <laughs> no, that's that way of looking at it. I, I definitely get the the idea that if one of them is leaving, it's Pete Dunne. And yeah. it's more than likely going to be that, that Seven and Bait are going to be around for longer. Quite possibly, yeah. And that was definitely the... Obviously, British Trump, the Mustache Mountain popping up in this tag team match, but Pete Dunne not being in a match. 
that kind of well, suggests Pete, that, yeah. Uh, Pete actually wrestled for Attack. No, okay. <laughs> on the same show, uh, the same day, uh, he, he went to off. Wales yeah. and wrestled for Attack. Uh, not Wales, nah. uh, Bristol. He must have like, gotten straight off the train, <laughs> like run into a ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but he just went straight from Progress, like did the yeah. opening segment there and then went and uh, wrestled for Attack. So. It's impressive. Impressive travel time. So yeah, um, semi-main was Tony Storm beating the winner of the women's tournament, Charlie Evans. What Again, this is, like you say, kind of the Tony Storm match and a lot of like similar spots to what we've been seeing from her. But in general, again, like high floor and Evans was certainly keeping up. Yeah, Charlie Evans is really good. Um, I kind of would have preferred if either Charlie Morgan or Millie McKenzie had got this spot. Uh, but Millie apparently uh, has an injury, which I didn't know about. But maybe they're kind of leaving her for later. And uh, Charlie Morgan was coming back off an injury. Mm. So it might have been a case that they went for the person who they felt was, was most ready out of the others. Um, the crowd didn't really respond to this. It was kind of I, in an awkward spot. How many people do you think watched the All Women show? Well, how, I feel how like many people it, went? like 200 yeah and then like maybe the same number on VOD so like I feel like as a smaller show it was never going to get much traction so yeah. I feel like Charlie Evans was a very unknown commodity so I'm not I'm not too surprised but she certainly acquitted herself there yeah no it was a very decent match they, uh, as the match uh, progressed it kind of got more over with the with the audience once they got adjusted yeah. to the fact that you know Charlie Evans was really good and it wasn't just going to be a like a squash win for, for Tony. But it was a difficult spot to be in because you just had that big uh, double heel turn right before it. And yeah. the main event was up next. So it's like, it's an unfortunate spot. Yeah, kind of a death slot a little bit. Um, but yeah, it establishes another woman in the division and that can only be a good thing. And they're doing the Fatal 4-Way, um, I think, to crown another number one contender at the next chapter. So there's certainly, there's, they're building depth right now, and yeah. that's kind of what they needed because they were kind of using the same three or four women each time. They do have a lot of women's wrestlers that they've used, but they don't reuse them. So yeah, it's like, like um, Katie Harvey only got two shots. Yeah, in a year. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when you've only got like one women's match on, on every show, it's really hard to keep uh, like the talent over. Like the only yeah. the only people that are actually over really are like Tony Storm and Ginny, mm-hmm. and, you and could, Dahlia to an extent. And Dahlia, yeah. yeah. But you can't even argue that for Laura because they they go that long without using her that people forget yeah. what she did. It's been a while since Laura Di Matteo was in progress, and <laughs> after her best match ever, yeah. <laughs> they stopped using her. <laughs> but uh, I get the feeling they're gonna try and get some more women's wrestling in when they do. Because yeah. I was they, a big fan of the the, the mini tournament because that's exactly what they needed. They got a very good group from all over the UK. It wasn't just, you know, their their girls that they've trained. Like, it was everyone from everywhere. (laughs) So I I did really enjoy just how many women they dug up and had good matches with, and hopefully they use more of them going forward. But yeah, building the depth right now is what it's about. They're going to be doing more shows at the Dome, um, like weekday shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently starting in January, so we, we shall see more. It's a good chance to get more than one women's match. Yeah, yeah. And I think it'll finding, be finding out who should be on the main roster level. 
I think it's a, it's a chance for a lot of people to kind of audition for the main show mm -hmm. rather than yeah. um, getting a, a chance and then I wouldn't say flop, <clears throat> but like not yeah, finding out who you want to use like on a long term basis because one or two matches isn't enough to like decide. Yeah, I want to use her or I don't want to use her. Like you do need some consistent usage plus it's always going to be the, the hardcores that go to these uh these mm -hmm. dome shows so you're going to get like 200 people who are probably going to be in that 700 and they're going to be like your your base that you start building these people with so like you you build somebody up with the 200 people and then it's easier to get them over with the 700 because Definitely. 200 people already know who they are shall we move on to the main event we shall yes travis banks uh finally defeating keith lee after losing to him in the summer uh, he gets them back this time, and I thought they definitely used the size really well. Obviously, one of the things about War Machine matches and one of the things about Keith Lee matches is making it logical for them to lose because their whole gimmick is, like, they're fucking huge <laughs> and don't sell anything. <laughs> well, not... I, I don't mean to, like, bad mouth. Obviously, they do sell things, but, like, it, you know, they get slapped early on and they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like you've got to build it to a point where it's logical for them to be on the floor for three seconds <laughs> you know and I thought they got there really really well they used a lot of the same spots from uh, their previous match obviously the Lee double hand chops got really really good reactions last time out so they played into that they played into chucking Banks over the ring and in general they showed Banks out wrestling Keith Lee like Lee didn't underestimate him, but he wanted to use his size, and Banks wasn't letting him. Like he could, he couldn't just lean on Banks, which I, I did really like. But they factored in that size difference, and it wasn't just super indie go go go. Like it, like a lot of things in this match did really mean something, and he got that physicality from it. Keith Lee's great, isn't he? Mm -hmm. I love Keith Lee. Oh yeah, I, I thought this is a uh, best match on the show by. I was going to say quite a long distance, but um, I also really liked the opener. I thought the opener was really well put together, and you got six guys who hadn't really worked there before all like busting their ass to uh, get noticed. So yeah, yeah, maybe there isn't that that kind of golf that there there is with everything else. But yeah, I thought it was streets ahead. Uh, Keith Lee was great. Travis was great. Uh, one spot that I really didn't like uh, was. Uh, Travis did a lung blower on Keith Lee, and I'm like, why would you do that? Like, what? Because <laughs> you're just collapsing a, a man hundred pounds heavier than you on your knees. On your knees? <laughs> why? Why would you do it? And uh, Tony Storm did that to Viper as well, and I was like, why? Yeah. I, I think in general the move just doesn't look very good. Like, some people can do it really well, but yeah, it, it's kind of an awkward move to make look good. It's like why yeah. why would you do that? It's like doing like if you have a much larger opponent, you don't give them a backbreaker because you're gonna hurt your own leg. Yeah, you tend not to drop like heavy boxes on your legs. <laughs> it's this is the logic that I feel is is missing sometimes. Yeah, and Travis, for, I I love him. I think he's great at ninety five percent of everything that he does. I think he's great. But every now and again, he does something stupid. And I'm like, if you could just eliminate those little things like that, then he would actually be like worthy of the position that he's in. Whereas, I know at the moment, I think you're looking at like the level that he's at in terms of like being booked as a world champion. I don't think he's at that level. 
to be yeah to be fair like uh i'm not like the guy who's saying like travis banks is like the best there is ever was ever will be um i i do like how refreshing was it though to see a babyface championship defense in progress (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we haven't seen that for like two years now Uh, Um, and with no no bullshit in the main event either it was it was all last time pretty much logical yeah so, so that'd be like a year, I guess. Pretty much a year ago, and yeah. Well, yeah, it was that one triple threat, right? He had one, right? didn't he? Yeah, with... yeah he oh, had uh, one. No, 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 no. No, he beat uh, Zach Gibson as well. Uh, Zach Gibson and then the triple threat, and then he sort of retired and came back, Um, and then it was Pete Dunne ever since. So yeah, <laughs> it's literally been a year since we just had a, a no-bullshit babyface championship defense in progress. <laughs> so it was refreshing to see, and... Like you say, Travis Banks, like, he is kind of like that point one away from being the top babyface. And I think there was some fatigue for me over the summer where I did lose a little bit in of him. Well, he has been like, overexposed, in, there's no doubt about that. Definitely. Um, and obviously, if you're the world champion, you're going to be exposed more than anyone else. So, <laughs> like, there's no way of underexposing him again. Um, so it is, it is a little bit worrying that, yeah, like, I feel like we've already peaked on him before he's even had a long run with the championship. Uh, I, I did enjoy this match. Like, I thought it was really well put together. I'm excited to see who they put in front of him next. Uh, and what? I hope that he does get some cool matches that aren't marred with loads and loads of interference so quickly. Well, logically, uh, he has to defend against Matt Riddle because he lost to Matt Riddle. Mm. But we don't think Matt Riddle's back in Europe for a while, do we? Uh, so he has got Mark Andrews next. Because <laughs> Mark Andrews is like contractually obliged, but he well, he has a title shot from, from Alexander. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. So, uh... but that Eddie Dennis is going to be looming large over that match, I think. Yeah, I and the Eddie, uh, we'll talk about the Eddie Dennis promo, which was excellent, um, where he was just basically saying that Mark Andrews for all the happy-go-lucky shit that he does kind of screwed him over in that uh that eight man like they came he said that he like was annoyed that they came out to uh mark andrews's music um because of course they had to and like he's second fiddle already in the biggest match of his life and mark andrews like took pity on him and then 30 seconds later took the win himself anyway and it's like that kind of logical heel turn which we love but like yeah, the, 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 heel, heel, the heels aren't just evil for the sake of it. Yeah, like, the, they're, they're real people too. The heel has to believe what they're doing is right. And from the way yeah. that he was talking, it was like everything that he had done made sense to him. Which is, that's the only way it can be done. If you don't do it that way, if you just do a turn for the sake of a turn, and there's no yeah. logic behind it, then it's it's never going to take. So that that is so exciting. Like, Eddie Dennis has had a really good year already. Now he's going to get proper investment in progress. Like, I wouldn't mind if Eddie Dennis ruins Mark Andrews' title match. Banks t- challenges him and fucking Eddie Dennis beats Banks in two chapters' time. <laughs> I know that would end my uh, my babyface crusade uh, to be the champion. Um, but Eddie Dennis right now is the hottest act in progress. Yeah, I'd... Well... Who else would you would you want as the champion, sort of in in the interim? I mean, uh, they've got a lot of, of very exciting, fresh talent coming through, but it's like who else is at that 
that high level that you think mm. could actually win the title. I'd, it depends how long they want to go with Travis as, as the champion. Maybe they'd consider going to an outside source for the belt for a, a while, like a, a Riddle or, or maybe a Keith Lee. They haven't done it yet, so it's still that would also yeah. be fresh. That would be fresh. But yeah, like whatever way they go, I think the world title picture is a lot more interesting than it has been. Like with Pete Dunne, it did become a little bit like walking with cement shoes, like just <laughs> wading through treacle. Like we just knew he was. Please, like, can we get to Ali Pally? Yeah. Sorry, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been that show was so long coming round. It's like they. Yeah. And it was a really good show, but like, it, it, I was late. ready for it about three months before it happened, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have similar issues with New Japan, where they have, like, the G1 finishes. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now we're just basically killing time until the, the title match, which is in January, and we're in August. And that's, that's why I've gone off it for, like, two months, yeah. and only just watching Marty Skull versus Will Ospreay, <laughs> like, half, half an hour before the show began. Um it kind of reinvigorated me on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's an excellent I know we're not gonna go like and talk about New Japan because no it's not Brit Rest. It's a British podcast. But yeah, yeah but... two British guys in a major title match but yeah, I guess we can <laughs> touch on it. Yeah. No, it was it was a really good match. Um I don't think it was as good as the stuff that they did in Europe, but then it's a case of it's a bigger stage for them, so I'm just really happy that they got the chance to do that. Especially Osprey, who's... I felt like he needed, like, a, another big match just to solidify himself as the guy. Yeah. And even though he didn't win, it was a case of he was still having that match. Which... If, yeah. If we're saying Walter is uh, top five in the world, I think Osprey's knocking on that door as yeah, well. Yeah, Like, he's, he's just... He, <laughs> he has bangers every time out. If you, like, you, you watch him, you kind of forget how good he is. Yeah. Because he really is great, and like the, the standard that he's operating at is incredibly high. Everything that he does is really difficult, and it actually looks realistic as well. Like him taking chops in the in the throat, mm. um, and he's selling yeah. it like he can't like he can't breathe. It's excellent. It's it's, it's, it's really, really high level stuff. And yeah, we're very proud that we are <laughs> the Brit scene is being represented. Uh, I mean, like that. We, we kind of got tired of him being around in, in the UK because he was just all yeah. over the place, but now I really yeah, it's miss It's definitely him. good to see people in different places. Like, you can't just have the same guys on top forever. Like, Britain really is kind of like the territories, in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the guys do have to cycle in and out, otherwise it does get stale. But yeah, I like, I've, I've always liked the way... Uh, well, I say always, like the last three years. The way that um, <laughs> the British scene, you have people that get big and then they move on. Yeah, and that keeps everything fresh, and it means that people have to step up and fill the void. And, yeah. and it means guys like Chris Brooks and Travis Banks get big opportunities yeah. and step up into them. And then you've got Amari and and so on and so forth, and it's the the, the pattern continues. You know, if if Pete Dunne is going, then here comes somebody to replace him. It's just mm -hmm. the the nature of things at the moment, which is great. Yeah, and I thought um, this progress show was good for that. Like it did reinvigorate promotion a little bit like we did kind of slag off <laughs> a fair few of the matches but that was more because of the people they chose to be in them or like the people they chose to highlight in them i think like guys like aussie open omari uh, walter continuing to anchor the atlas division 
Um, you know, but they are putting guys into places sexy star. Yeah. Like they are putting guys into places, putting the pieces together to have a really strong run this winter. Uh this show didn't really pull it off for me. I did enjoy it to an extent and it's this weekend and this podcast has certainly got my mojo back for wrestling because I kinda fell off on it a bit and it's been like a month since I did a podcast, so I think it, it's definitely helps to be able to talk about it. <laughs> I sound really miserable now, <laughs> but yeah. It sounded like you're in therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is in many ways my wrestling therapy. Uh, but this this was a great weekend for me. Like uh, I was kind of tired by the end of it, and there was a couple of matches on this show that I kind of wished weren't on it, just so I could wanted to get to the main event and just go home. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing that did annoy me about uh, watching it was like how long it took for some of the matches to start. Like the six-man match, I think it took like eight minutes for all the entrances and all the introductions and all the, the riffraff beforehand to finally just get some wrestling from like the moment it was in, the match was announced. Like <laughs> some speedy uppy of that might be beneficial for progress because their shows can run long at times. Yeah, it, they are like three-hour shows. I don't know if people f- would feel like they didn't get the value if it wasn't three hours, but I much prefer something that runs like two and a quarter, two and a half, and just mm. cut out all the crap. That's that's my preferred length. <laughs> just <laughs> crop Strangler Davis out of the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine with that. Oh, crop him clean out. He's a, just a walking disaster. Do you have anything else to add uh, before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about Global uh, Wars. I knew, uh, yeah. I knew you said like, Global I don't, I don't have a lineup with me because there's about a million matches on those shows. <laughs> I... um, but yeah, it's a hell of a lineup. Well, there's, got some there's two matches that I really want to and... see. It's Ishii and Keith Lee, Matt Riddle versus Minoru Suzuki. And you know Matt Riddle's going to crush El Desperado the night before. Like in a minute yeah. to set that one up. <laughs> I'm almost more looking forward to that—a Bobby Gun style murder. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm really fired up for those shows, and um, I know I don't have an awful lot left in this year. There's like that. I've got one more progress, and I've got Infinity. And yeah. but I will have done if I go to all of those. I will have hit 37 shows for the year. It's very impressive. That's a lot more than me. That's I've the most that I've ever done. <laughs> What's the most you've ever done, would you say? Probably 2016, but I, I couldn't say a number. I don't track these things. I, I can barely like keep up with what show, tickets to shows I actually have. So Spreadsheets, that's what you want. I'll hit up Rob for some spreadsheet action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything? Or... Uh, yeah, go over to uh, .com. Uh I've done all the Bowler uh, shows. Uh, there's some good stuff on there as well, um, which obviously is not BritRest, so I'm not going to talk about it, even though there were a lot of British people involved. And you can follow me at Arnold Furious on the Twitter. You can follow me at another Rolly on the Twitter. I will stop tweeting more regularly. I've just, you know. He's very <laughs> bad been, at Twitter. I'm very bad at Twitter. I'm, I'm not about the hashtag content. Um, continue reading articles on Voices of Wrestling. Uh, we will just put up our World Tag Team League reviews uh, last week, uh, nights one to three, all by a different member of the British Roundtable team. I uh, wrote yeah. that so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's up there now. 
and the world knows what stars we gave for the matches. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more to add, or should we get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. All right, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Goodbye. Thank you lot. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.